You know, there's a Hebrew word for wait that means to be entwined as one with. And I believe as we're waiting for the physical manifestation of the promise, God has given us an opportunity too to be entwined as one with Him. This is The Unseen Story, first-hand accounts that reveal the supernatural reality of God's love. When His love leads, a remarkable story follows. The Unseen Story is a nonprofit that relies on financial support from listeners like you. Please visit our website, theunseenstory.org, to find out how you can partner with us today. You're listening to part one of Jeffy's story, God Speaks a Better Word. Probably my first encounter with God was when I was 15. Um, Both of my grandparents were killed in a plane crash, tragically. And so if you're under a teaching or a thought process that makes you think God allowed this or caused this, um, but then you also believe he's good, you kind of wrestle with the two, you know, like I, I don't fully understand. Well, it turned out a week after the plane crash, the FAA had surveyed the plane area and everything had burned. It was a twin engine plane. Everything had burned, but the FAA found my grandmother's Bible and not one word had burned. Everything had burned, but her Bible. And for my 15 year old heart, what I heard God say is heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not, it will be sustained. And so I saw the Lord start doing things like that. Um, I didn't have a theology probably to understand it all, but um, it was really cool because the grandmother that had passed away, I was named after and her maiden name was Jeffy Jones. And I ended up marrying Chris Jones and ended up getting her full name, which was really cool. Just how God, you know, brings things full circle. But I do believe um, what the Lord spoke to me is just the power of my word will be sustained throughout the ages. And so I just, even that as a little girl was, was impactful to me. So fast forward, um, you know, 10 years, I'm having to face another tragedy and it looked different, but pain is pain. You know, when you have to reconcile God, I believe who you say you are in the word, but my circumstances don't look like what I know you to be. So we got pregnant, um, we got married, we met when we were 17, um, married when we were 23 and then had our first when we were 26 and got pregnant easily. We were so excited. I was overjoyed to be a mom. That was kind of what I had always envisioned my life looking like is having kids and being a mom. So the only um, difference was I saw like three little girls. I didn't see three little boys. <laughs> I just assumed I'd be a girl mom. But um, anyway, we first, when we first had Noah, my oldest, um, everything went great with the pregnancy and it came time to deliver. And I don't really know how to explain this in in the natural and like the, a medical form. But when Noah was born, it felt like not a physical pain. It was, it was another realm. I felt like a sword had gone through my middle. Like there was almost like an assault to my spirit. And at the same time, Noah was being born. My dad, who I love and adore, had a seizure outside the room. So it was my first real enco- encounter as far, like with the spirit realm, like recognizing there is a lot that goes on that we're so unaware of, you know, the, um, the real assault to life you know, because obviously you have to think every time a baby's born, life is coming in. And of course the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. I think we went into parenthood kind of 
I don't want to say like lackadaisically, but I just assumed everything would be easy. I just assumed we'd have, you know, a healthy baby and we would be your typical family. And so Noah was born and a lot of things just didn't seem right from the first 18 months. I just knew something wasn't right with Noah. So by the time Sam was born, I realized something wasn't right with Noah. And I kept bringing it up to my doctors and they're like, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. But it wasn't until he was closer to two years old, two and a half years old, that we found out he was diagnosed with something called fragile X syndrome. Fragile X syndrome is on the X chromosome. It leads to like mental impairments, um, autistic-like behaviors. A third of children with fragile X syndrome have autism as well. So that kind of helped to have some sort of um, diagnosis. So we found out about Noah when he was two and a half. And when my husband came home that day to tell me about the diagnosis, I can remember... I, it's kind of like anything. There's just that this, when you're waiting for a call or you're waiting to hear something, there's that tendency to be so double-minded. <laughs> like I, I don't, I want to believe it's not, but I also kind of sense it is and having to wrestle with all of that. And I remember Chris, my husband grabbed me to tell me the news. It was the day before Thanksgiving. And as he held me, I heard cl- clearer than I have heard anything in my life. The Lord say, but my cross isn't fragile. And as he said those words, my cross isn't fragile, it's almost like the Lord said, here's a better word. This might be the diagnosis, but I have a better word. My cross isn't fragile. And it's almost like God allowed me to stand on that anchor as a better word than what, you know, the fragile X piece. And I really do believe that sustained me and has sustained me our entire journey because what he paid for on the cross is finished. Like he has purchased and paid for restored DNA. And as crazy and as wild as that might seem in the natural and to medical professionals, I'm like, it's what my God does. He gives us new DNA. He gives us new identity. And so we had gone to this geneticist. And as we went into the office that day, he said, well, he said, you have a 50-50 chance every time of having a baby that they too will have fragile X syndrome. So what we could do is we could um, we could take your embryo and we could basically mess with it. And, and for us, I felt the Lord say, I am God and you're not. <laughs> and to trust me in this process. But I sensed deeply the Lord wanted us to trust him with a third baby. So one morning, my husband and I were in his study and we were on our knees and just praying and saying, God, we trust you. Um, the, the thing that I kept thinking about as we were in this process was he he opened wombs in scripture and he closed. And my prayer was, Lord, just close our womb if we're not supposed to have anymore. I, I didn't, that was just the most, um, it just seemed like the most natural prayer to pray for me at that time. But I remember we got on our knees that morning and we go to put Noah, our oldest on the school bus. He was in a special school when he was like three or four. And the bus driver goes, well, where's Elijah? And I was like, oh, we only have two boys, Noah and Sam. And he said, well, Elijah's coming. And I was like, Oh, and I was like, well, and two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant and I knew it was Elijah that was coming. It's almost like God himself had sent a messenger. I mean, that's what he did in scripture, right? He would send messengers to say, hey, don't be afraid. This is going to happen and he's coming. So found out Elijah was coming and um, a lot, my pregnancy was Elijah with Elijah was a lot of wrestle. It was, God, I, I mean, I, I know you spoke him. I know you gave us a word, but still it's just that you're living in the world and in the flesh. And 
Um, but I did hear God say something as I carried Elijah that I would experience his love like I've never experienced before. And in my mind, I thought, well, that means he's going to be okay. <laughs> that means we're not going to have to deal with any um, heartache or another diagnosis and um, not two boys with special needs. That's just what I assumed it would be. So fast forward, we have Elijah on um, February 2nd, 2010. On the day he's born, there's an article in the Dallas Morning Newspaper all on Fragile X. The whole health journal is about Fragile X syndrome, the scientists behind Fragile X and how they found it. And I'm like, Lord, what are you saying? Because we didn't know. We didn't know if he had it, if he didn't. So there is, again, there's that element of mystery where you're like, I know there, I know there's purpose and there's design, but I'm struggling understanding it all, you know? And um, so that first year of life, we didn't find out. We didn't, we didn't want to know. We just wanted to enjoy him as an infant and all that God had given us in Elijah. And he was, I mean, just such an easy baby. Talk about the difference between Noah and Elijah. There was just an immense amount of grace on Elijah. Um, On that first year of life, especially just, he wasn't your typical, like, he just never cried. He'd let us hold him. He let me nurse him. He was just an easy baby. So at about a year, I knew something wasn't right. I knew things weren't adding up. And I had a dear friend tell me, I thought this was really good wisdom. She said, Jeffy, God will not give you grace for vain imaginations. He will give you grace for your reality. Because in my mind, I was imagining, oh my goodness, what if I have two? And you know, I think that's what the enemy loves you to go down that that road of fear and intimidation. Like, what what will I do if there's two? Like, how am I going to deal with it? And um, and I remember my husband coming home, <laughs> having to give me the news again. And he said, um, Jeffy, I just got a call from the doctor and he in fact does have, um, he has it too. And I said, okay, can you just give me a minute? Because I think in a way my heart had been prepared. And I remember laying on my um, closet floor and I asked God, I said, God, it feels like you're crushing me because I didn't understand. I'm like, this baby, I did it in faith and I trusted and you told me he was coming. And I was like, it feels like I'm being crushed. And I grabbed my Bible and I said, will you just give me a word? And I opened it. And the first thing I saw was Romans 16, 20. And it says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And just like the word, my cross isn't fragile. His word came in the form of the written word that came off the page into my heart and said, you're not going to be crushed, but your enemy is going to be crushed under your feet by my peace because I am the Prince of Peace. And what I've learned in our walk and our journey is that when we agree with God, there is a supernatural peace. And so he's given, I believe my husband and I both a grace to come into agreement with what he said and to to live really, I mean, the picture I saw in Romans 16, 20 is he's under our feet when we live in peace. He came to give us perfect peace and shalom and you know order to the chaos. I asked the Lord too, because I think it's okay to ask questions. I think there's an opportunity in mystery to lean in and say, can you tell me more? Because I don't understand. Instead of that accusing voice that would accuse God's heart. And I said, why two? <laughs> why both? Why, why Noah and Elijah? And he said, they'll serve as two witnesses of what I'm like. And they'll serve as two witnesses that my cross isn't fragile. And that identi- your identity has been changed because of the cross. That when I said it is finished, it is finished. And I found out after naming them, because again, I, f- I felt the Lord name Noah and Elijah specifically, that in the Hebrew, the A-H in both of their names means God's breath, like he breathes into. And um, 
you know, he's just been speaking to me a lot about Ezekiel 37 when he asked Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel says, I don't know, God, you do. And he said, well, prophesy, prophesy to those, those bones and tell them to live. And I believe um, my husband and I are in an opportunity where we get to prophesy to fragile things and tell them to be strong in Jesus' name. And I believe we're going to see a, um, a testimony that will be a demonstration of what he's like and really the power of the gospel that he came and literally gave us new DNA. When he said it is finished, there is a great exchange that took place. And it's no longer a little bit of the old and some new. It is completely new creations. And I love that their names even are Noah and Elijah because I just think about what Noah carried as as a man who experienced the promises of God and looked crazy for believing what he believed for for so long. And then you have Elijah who it says in Malachi, the spirit of Elijah will reconcile the hearts of fathers back to their children and children back to their father. And I believe that people need to see how good he is. They need to see what he's like. They need to see in a a physical demonstration because Jesus would always speak in stories. He's like, this is what I'm like. If you could see past, you know, just the physical and see, I'm telling you, I'm giving you a picture of my nature and what I'm like. You know, I've heard this saying sometimes that you can see the breadcrumbs of your destiny in your childhood. So if you look back on your childhood and you see things, even if you didn't fully understand them, you can see kind of breadcrumbs of destiny. And I even feel like my grandparents' death when I was 15 and not understanding the mystery of that, leaning into the fact that God's word was right there, his truth was right there. And it's like, I can say with joy and with so much hope in my heart today that his word has sustained me. Like the rhema word of his promises has sustained me and my husband and the promises he's spoken over both Noah and Elijah. And so um, I do believe that they'll serve as witnesses. And until then, we just wait with hope. You know, there's a Hebrew word for wait that means to be entwined as one with. And I believe as we're waiting for the physical manifestation of the promise, God has given us an opportunity too to be entwined as one with Him. Like the, I feel like I know Him more now than I ever have. And uh, it's just such a gift. Be sure to tune in Friday for the second part of Jeffy's story. We encourage you to ask Holy Spirit what He wants to say to you through this story. We invite you to partner with us through your God-given resources of time, prayer, and finances. Without your sharing, these stories don't spread to those who need them. Without your prayers, we are limited in what we can do for the kingdom. Without your finances, these powerful stories of God's supernatural love go untold. God has called us to share His stories, and we invite you to be a part of that mission. For more information, be sure to check out our website at theunseenstory.org. Thanks so much for listening.